Welcome to this week's What a Week. We are at the Progress Now All Staff Meeting, uh, coming to you from the Renaissance Savory Hotel. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Holt and Grassley Gun event, and we have an interview with Progress Texas Executive Director Ed Espinosa about uh, the El Paso shooting. Welcome to What a Week. Let's start with the uh, uh, tragic shootings last weekend, and um, we now have had more mass shootings than days in the year, than there are days in the year um, uh, in in uh, uh, El Paso, Dayton. Um, we talked last week about the shooting at the um, Garlic Festival in Gilroy, and um, and it, we could pro- unfortunately we could probably bring this up every single week and that's the that is where we are at in this country now on on gun violence and and in many cases terrorist terrorist attacks um on our on 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 our uh, uh on our country and and so i i know we are going to talk with ed from uh, progress texas a little bit later in the show um but here in iowa uh the Monday after this horrific weekend, there was a Sweet Freedom Fest and gun shoot fundraiser put on by State Representative Steve Holt, um, and and attended by U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley. Not only attended by, he was a special guest. Yeah, and I mean, literally hours after our country is, I mean, while our country is grieving and trying to make sense of what to do next, um, which in Holt and Grassley's opinion, may be nothing. But our org- Progress Iowa called on that that to be canceled. Uh, Holt rebuffed that claim, um, as we probably expected he would do. With the same statement he's been using the entire time yeah. about mental deviance, which is problematic language. Yeah. Um, but that, that went on uh, as planned. Senator Grassley spoke. Uh, he did mention the fact that he would be open to the so-called red flag laws um, at that event. I, President Trump has mentioned that as well. Lauren, what is your take on this, the the the, the shootings, the event here, um, and, and just sort of where we are at right now? I don't think, I can't, I'm not going to say that Grassley's being disingenuous, but I have a feeling that he's trying to just say what people, what he thinks people want to hear so that they will just kind of think, oh, okay, and then just move on. And because, I mean, not everyone is like us and follows political news religiously and tallies votes and checks that our representatives are doing what we ask them to. And so for him to be making this statement, I think, is a political calculus to think that if I say this now, are people really going to follow up with me about this that are going to vote for me anyway? And I mean, I used to sit in front of Steve Holt when I was a clerk at the legislature. And this is classic him just to be very uh, abrasive and generally terrible about the situation that is so serious and so dangerous to be just perpetuating this gun culture and the, the type of identity that I mean is pretty sacred to these kind of people, but there has to be some some safety measures in place. And I don't know how you can be a gun owner right now and think that your right to carry 
trumps someone's right to walk home safely at night. Yeah, I mean, I think on the, I think you are spot on with the uh, point about Grassley making these statements. I think we saw the same thing after the Parkland shooting last year, um, where President Trump sat with these families in the White House and told them he'd be open to background checks. And and that is um, that is just, I think, the bare minimum of what we need to start talking about doing. But universal background checks, because um, uh, there's, there's giant loopholes for private sales of guns here in Iowa um, for long guns. But anyway, he talked about that, that he would want to do something on background checks, and then nothing happened. And he just knew or hoped that that would fade into people's minds and and they wouldn't remember. And I think uh, I, so I think that's that's right, that that that's exactly what's happening with with Senator Grassley. Um, there has been some debate in the legislature about gun policy and gun safety. Um, but I don't like I wonder what uh, having your experience there and, and you track the legislature very closely for our organization as well. Like what, what your take, what your thought are thought is on where that's going to go and how that's going to move forward, if at all. I mean, we currently have a GOP trifecta where the Republican party controls the governor's mansion with Kim Reynolds and has both the house and the Senate. And they've been very adamant about how they are not going to, they don't want to do anything to pr- basically protect Iowans from gun violence. And if anything, in 2017, when I worked at the legislature, they passed a giant omnibus bill that included stand your ground and expand, quote unquote, expanded gun rights. But also, again, at what put, I generally think rights are kind of of like, there's there's a responsibility there. And as my buddy Steve Holt has said, uh, you have a right to vote, but you have a responsibility to uh, do it to do it legally. So, uh, if you have you have this right to bear arms, you bear the responsibility of owning a deadly weapon and ensuring that you are a capable owner, that you are trained you are trained to handle that, that you have gotten that weapon in a proper capacity and that there is some record. And if you go off the deep end and you, your family and friends think you are a danger to yourself or someone else, that there is a mechanism in place to get that deadly weapon out of your hands for just a temporary amount of time. And then with due process, you can get it back if you, if the situation resolves itself. But I also think that just like the domestic violence part of this is something that ties so much in with gun violence and uh, the toxic masculinity kind of uh, piece that's wrapped up in gun identity about this being super macho and having a, a deadly weapon and being able to protect protect yourself. I'm using air quotes, but that is so dangerous and is keeping people in in deadly situations. And it, we've done research on this before that long guns, which have more loopholes in Iowa are make up the vast majority of domestic violence shootings. And also if there's a gun in a house where a person lives with their partner, they're more likely to be killed by that gun. I think at a certain point we need to start talking about, um, about where the problem actually exists and, and they, and, and, 
and the and like you said, the need for safety measures put in place. One of the things that was so disturbing about what Steve Holt was saying, what Representative Steve Holt was saying in reply to our call for the event to be canceled, and just in response to other constituents of his. I mean, there are people contacting him on his like on his Facebook page saying this is not acceptable that you're holding this event and what are you going to do to keep us safe and things like that. And his response, as you said, was that there's, that these are people who are mental deviants who are doing this. And he must, we asked them that, him this online and he never responded, but we are the only country, the United States is the only country where this kind of uh, tragedy and shootings happen on the scale that it does. So clearly he must think that we have so many mental, de- you know, and using his words, but uh, there's something, I, I don't believe that there's something fundamentally wrong with Americans uh, that, that this is happening. I think there's something fundamentally wrong with our laws and our policies that are in place that allows this to happen. He clearly thinks that we have a disturbed, uh, or, or, or whatever he would say, whatever offensive way he would put it, a uh, group of people here, and I don't think we believe that. Um, I just think that's wrong. I think we need to change our laws. I think if he's going to make this point that there is a an onslaught of mental deviance, he should care more about funding our mental health system and also scapegoating people with mental illnesses. That's not the as someone who struggles with mental illness. I know that I'm more likely to be a victim of violence than someone who isn't. And the continuing just scapegoating of people with mental illness is stigmatizing. And to think that, I mean, there are clearly people who are, who are disturbed and, but a lot of the time it's just that there are angry people out there that have access to these weapons of mass destruction. And there are no checks to put on them to, call any red flags onto this or there's no mechanisms in place to stop this from happening. We need to have more than one check. And if, if you are a law abiding gun owner, this should not, this should not grind your gears at all. If it takes one more day to get the gun that you want, if it takes, if, if you have to wait a week for a license, if you have to wait a couple minutes for a background check to get this this gun that you want, that should be fine. I wait for stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't surprise anyone or shouldn't, like you said, shouldn't, shouldn't bother anyone. We're here with Ed Espinoza, the executive director of Progress Texas, who's going to um, share his insight about the, the shooting in, in El Paso um, and, 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 and just the, what it is like to, to be on the ground in a state when something like this, uh, uh, this tragedy happens. And so we're really glad to have, have you here with us, Ed, and, and appreciate you offering whatever insight you can. I hope everyone is doing all right and re- recovering in the best way possible. I don't even know how else to put that, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, if you just maybe talk a little bit about that and what, what you all have been experiencing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I mean, it definitely is a sobering time right now. You know, it's not just that you had a a shooting that was based on race in El Paso, but consider that this is the third or fourth mass shooting we've had in Texas in the past 18 months. We had the Sutherland Springs uh, shooting, which was the church shooting. It's hard to keep track of all these, right? right? But this was the church shooting about a year ago. 
Uh, shortly afterwards, you had one in Santa Fe Springs, which was a high school just outside of uh, Houston. And uh, um, I'm, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting another yeah. one, but we, you know, we, we've had several of, oh, it was the, uh, up in Dallas, we had a big shooting that was uh, somebody who was trying to take out cops. So this has been, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been an ongoing thing for Texas, just like it's been an ongoing thing for the rest of the country. The frustrating thing is that we come together and we always hear, you, know, you always hear the phrase thoughts and prayers. And obviously I think we've all had enough of the, of the, the yeah. empty promises of, of thoughts and prayers. But uh, the fact that inaction is now making lawmakers complicit in the things that are happening in the future. And we have a chance to stop the, these things by doing something about them, yet no one is taking action. That just guarantees that they will happen again. So it's very frustrating. Um, it is a, uh, it is a obviously a sad time, sobering time for us all right now. But uh, we're, we're trying to apply the pressure on our lawmakers to do their jobs and keep us safe. Um, what, what has that looked like? I mean, I, you, we read in the news and see the coverage of maybe the, the, the governor and lieutenant, like that, that not, I mean, does not seem like there's been any movement. There was, there has been some in Ohio after the Dayton shooting. Um, but, uh, which was a little bit surprising, frankly, that, that, that they're moving in, in, in at all. Um, and, uh, has there been any budge, any, any hint of a, of a shift after the shootings a year ago, our Republican governor held roundtables around the state. Okay. And it was a, a politically diverse roundtable of people that he brought together. Very unusual for Texas Republicans to do that. Uh, nothing came from that. We had just concluded a legislative session. Our legislative session in Texas happens every other year in the spring of odd-numbered years. Nothing happened in this past legislative session to rectify any of the things that happened last year after those roundtables. So did the governor even make it like a priority after whatever he had heard from these, you know, from these discussions or did he, he? He said he did, but his actions did not. So, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So that, that's one thing. But the, the what's happening in Texas right now is people are saying that we need to have a special session on guns. We need to have a special session on public safety. The lieutenant governor has said that it would only politicize the issue if we have a special session. But two years ago, we had a special session on bathroom bills. And now we can't have a special session on guns and public safety. That's crazy. So I can't think of a better time to have a, a special session on this. The time to talk about this is right now and do something right now. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point that we've been trying to drive home yeah. is that when these as these shootings are happening i i base because of our gun laws in yeah. iowa the, it's only a ma it's, it's a matter of when not if right you know i mean and it's sad to it's it's horrible to have to think that way yeah. and have to i mean but like i drop my son off at daycare every day and because of a decision that our governor made they we do not have to we're not required to know if there's a gun on the premises of a daycare right here it's like insane. i mean these simple like laws that could be changed that there are i think is real uh, uh um the political consensus on but they just won't do anything right um but i i did not know that about the special session and and that is a stark contrast let between me, those two throw, issues let me throw so. some more gas on yeah. this fire so four <laughs> four years ago texas passed something called open carry 
You guys familiar with the open oh, carry yeah. laws, right? Yeah. So now you can carry. You can't carry a handgun in public without it being concealed. For a handgun, it has to be concealed. But for a long gun, carry that anywhere you want. Walk into a Walmart. Walk into a Target or a library or a restaurant. Jeez. If you have that long gun, you can you can just walk around with it. So here's the problem with that. How do you tell the difference between a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun? If they, hold, if they say the whole thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, how do you tell the difference? Also, where are the good guys with the guns? If the bad guys are showing up with them, clearly the good guy with a gun thing is not playing out. Also, how easy is it for a good guy with a gun to become a bad guy with a gun? Exactly. You can't tell the difference. Right. So what, what are we trying to prove here, Right. I think what they're trying to prove is that they'll do anything to be beholden to their NRA interests. And that is something that's not representative of any majority anywhere, including Texas. There are plenty of Republicans who are frustrated with the NRA. Of course, progressives are. Uh, some of the issues that have come up, you know, we talk about universal background checks. That is not a solution. It is a start to a solution, right? There's so much more that needs to be done than that. There's the 1994 assault weapons ban which really banned a lot. Here, let me talk, tell, tell you something about the assault weapons ban that I love. And this is an argument that I think is really important to make against conservatives. When you talk about assault weapons bans, they will often come back at you and say, there are no automatic weapons in circulation because there was a law in the 30s or 40s that banned automatic weapons. And then when you say, okay, well, what about semi-automatic weapon, weapons? Mm -hmm. And their response typically is, well, you can't have a ban. Bans don't work. There's just too many guns out there. How do you get all the guns back? Well, clearly it worked for the automatic weapons, right. so why wouldn't it work for the semi-automatic weapons? I don't understand that line of thinking, but it's just like circular arguments that they constantly make where they convince themselves that it's okay that it worked in one sense, but it would never work in another sense. It's the same uh, argument that your uh, governor's making for not having a special session this time right. because it would politicize it, but when they wanted to push through... Uh, horribly uh, uh, discriminatory and divisive bathroom bill right. that, of course, the set special session was okay. It's yeah. the same sort of mentality that, that allows them to do these, like, mental backflips right. to get to the position that they want to do anyway. Dumb governance. Yeah. Or lack of governance, right? right? Yeah. So uh, background checks are a start. Uh, there's conversation right now in Texas about red flag laws. Mm -hmm. You guys have that conversation here? A little bit. Yeah, there, we're starting. There, there starting. talk of it during the session, and then there was, I think, Art stayed brought up an amendment and it was defeated as part of a larger conversation as a mental health care bill and Republicans kind of held that bill hostage mm -hmm. and said that if this amendment was on it, they would not pass mental health care funding. You know, it's crazy that they, they always tie this stuff to mental health. Look, mental health is a serious issue in this country, and clearly some of these things happen because of mental health, but not all of them. It is a scapegoat. In Texas, they've talked about mental health, but then they have also blamed it on things like video games. When we had the shooting in the high school a year ago, the lieutenant governor said, and I kid you not, there were too many doors in the high school. There were too many ways to get in and out for gunmen to enter the high school. Wow. So now doors were the problem. It's not doors. It's not video games. It's not mental health. The problem is the guns. And it's the one thing that we refuse to do anything about. Well, and when I say we, I mean the royal we, right? It's not, not yeah. us, yeah. But, but the Republicans uh, in power. And we're trying to do something about it. I think there's also uh, definitely there needs to be a separation of the gun culture and sort of the toxic masculinity associated with that and sort of the breaking down of this very 
toxic mach like machismo kind of deal uh that comes with gun culture that uh is I mean I don't have any ideas for how we would fix that but I think that's definitely something that that needs to be addressed. I'll tell you what's been helpful. Uh you've seen people who are prominent in the country western music uh community who have come out and made statements saying that we need to rethink our gun laws. Jason Isbell recently came out and made a statement. There was a, a Twitter meme based on somebody responding to him about what about the 30 to 50 feral hogs that come through my yard? Oh, yeah. It was, it was actually kind of hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to Google 30 to 50 feral hogs and see all the things that come up. Um, after the Las Vegas massacre, country stars came out and said, this is unacceptable. And things like that, that really um, say, look, we're not challenging gun identity. Let's not call it gun culture. Let's call it gun identity. We're not challenging that as a whole, but we're saying that there has to be some safety precaution. We don't need AR-15s in civilian life. Those are weapons of mass destruction on their own. We don't need AK-47s. Uh, you want your shotgun out on your ranch? Of course you can still have a shotgun out on your ranch, but you don't need anything that's going to go in and mow down people, and there's no, there should be no law to facilitate that either. When you have people that come from communities that are closer to guns and can have a reasonable conversation, that's going to help us open up more lines of conversation, but really hold these Republican lawmakers accountable and let them have the courage to do the right thing. And right now they lack that courage. I think that's an interesting culture shift that has happened within, and, I, and um, not to oversimplify all of this, but but within country music, because I, I have vivid memories of when, like, it, it was during the Iraq War, yeah. and the Dixie Chicks spoke out right. and and just got shut off of of a lot of radio stations across the country, and it actually really put a dent in their in their uh, 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 success. Yeah. And 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 so for people to at least for multiple you know celebrities to be uh, to be able to do that, and that's why I said I don't want to oversimplify it because there's uh, many 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 more things that need to be done in order to to uh, move forward. But that is a I think that's a cultural change that's important to 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 note, and and it's interesting to me that that's that that's happening. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I do want to ask um, on a more personal level, like if I mean I I cannot imagine something like this happening in our I mean in our home state, even though we have talked about it, it's probably a matter of when, not if, based on our, our laws. But I, I wonder how you all are doing, if everything, if you, like, your your team or people that you know, like, what the, and then, and kind of tied in with that, the reaction to the president's visit. Because I know there was a lot of, of, of uh, I mean, someone who has incited or uh, fanned the flames, whatever phrasing you're comfortable with, with a lot of this violence, um, coming to your hometown, home state, um, just, yeah, wondering how, how you all are doing. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into the president too much because we know that the issues associated with him, but the truth is, like, he's problematic no matter what he does, no matter where he goes, right? Apart from that, um, it is definitely a shift. Um, I was in a restaurant here in Iowa last night, and I kept checking the door, and I kept looking for another door of the restaurant. And that's not, and, and that has now become a muscle memory reaction, you know, it's, it's not something that's unique to Iowa because I've been doing it in Texas. I've been doing it in Austin. Uh, we have looked at the security measures in our office uh, in Austin. We have looked at installing other, um, 
other things such as more doors, more windows where we could actually get in and out of if we have to. Um, things that we have never had to consider before that we shouldn't have to consider, but are realities now. And as I've had conversations with other people, we're not the only ones thinking these things. Um, you know, I, uh, we, we don't have kids, but my, my uh, significant other and I, we, we check in on each other quite a bit. And uh, last night, her, uh, she serves in public office. Last night, her, um, her body went, uh, the governing body she sits on went till 4 a.m. So my thought, to, I, you know, I sent her a text right before I, I tried to uh, stay up and follow the proceedings. But at 2 a.m., I, I had to pass out, and I told her, I was like, just make sure you have an escort. Yeah. You know, get into your car. Um, and they're in a secure parking garage. And I still, you know, looking out, making sure that there's not something that's happening. So, it, it, look, it's definitely affected our lives in many ways. And it's happened enough times in Texas and enough times around the country that we know that, like you said, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. In fact, you and I had a conversation around the Iowa State Fair about yeah. this before we got here. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I know about the security, what security's in place, right. and because y'all are going to the yeah, yeah, and you know, a couple of our staffers had had some anxiety over this, and we we have we're a uh, an office that is, we have eight staff, and I think we are half or a majority of uh, of uh, people of color, and um, we're we're split right down the middle, and um, so the, those who are. Uh, you know, in a situation where they feel like they would be targeted based on the color of their skin, we're particularly anxious about this. And this isn't significant to, I mean, it's not specific to Iowa, by no, the way. No, I get yeah, But yeah, it's, yeah. it's everywhere we go. It's something sure. we have to think about now. So uh, taking this back to where we started, I, you know, I really do hope that lawmakers have the courage of their convictions and can stand up to the gun lobby and the weapons manufacturers and really take a stand and do what's right so that we can have safer communities. And if they don't, we will hold them accountable and we will replace them. Well, we thank you for being part of this conversation today, for joining us, and just uh, know that you've got uh, friends and and, and uh, people to help uh, help out with whatever we can here. So, um, yeah, just appreciate you being here and sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for ha uh, having the conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. For more information, visit potluck.fm. See you next week on What a Week.